0: Today's episode is sponsored by EditPods. EditPods provide full-service podcast editing that's all in one podcast editing without breaking the bank. Now, one of the biggest problems that I have when running this podcast is the time it takes to edit, clip, upload, and post my podcast in all of the right places with some new artwork, links, descriptions, and all of the jazz that comes along with it. Now, what EditPods do is help podcasters skip all the hassle and focus directly on making the best show possible, freeing our minds to help hone the craft instead of spending time writing copy and doing transcripts and finding links, all of these time consuming activities. So, EditPods work with podcasters that want to focus their time on areas of excellence and take the rest off their plate. If that sounds good to you, you can use the coupon code CHATTER to get $30 off basic or plus or $50 off a premium for the first month. That's Chatter, C-H-A-T-T-E-R, for $30 or $50 off your first month at EditPods. Make podcasting fun again. Lovely. So, uh, hello everyone. Uh, Welcome to another episode of Chatter. Uh, Today I'm here back with Adam B. Coleman. Adam, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you for having me again.
0: No problem. So, I mean, the first time you were on, we uh, set a nice precedent of talking about lots of controversial things. So um, <laughs> I think it makes sense to just continue with uh, we're right into the middle of the clusterfuck of the abortion uh, discussion that is going on at the minute in America. So um, I was interested in chatting to you, um, like I mentioned before we started, just because You've had and been watching some of the reaction from uh, progressives about this to the Supreme Court and I've seen some stupid comments already and like before you even get to how they've reacted to the justices themselves, I've seen people claiming that, you know, the Democrats should try and pack the court because I'm like, because that's going to help. Like, that's a good idea. Like, that's definitely yeah. not going to blow up in your face as soon as like there's a, a Republican majority again you know, it's like, just leave it alone. Don't just, yeah. you know, pass a law, like literally get the votes and pass a law. But anyway, we'll get there. <laughs> so do you want to like, take me back a little bit to, so just maybe lay out for people who don't know what's happened, like, um, what the ruling was just vaguely. And then what the, the reaction has been to, uh, been to that at the beginning and, and why you decided to start writing about it.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Basically, the Supreme Court found that Roe v. Wade was actually unconstitutional. But at the same time, what they, they didn't outlaw abortion. Like The thing about Roe v. Wade is that it was a technicality. It wasn't even necessarily an abortion law. It was just a technicality that would permit the usage of abortion. right? So two separate things. Um, but ultimately, they said this is a legislative matter. Not a judicial matter, so this needs to go to your legislators. So make a law, basically, is what it came down to. Um, and in some states, they have laws. They have laws revolving around abortion. There, in certain states that didn't want it, they did things to highly restrict it, right? And so that's not like people understood what they were trying to do. Um, they can't outright ban it, but they can make it very difficult for it to happen. So that it was very purposeful for it to happen. Are there states that might make it um, illegal? Quite possibly. Um, I think a lot of people are prepared for that. But that also tells me that they have no true belief in the federal government to pass anything for abortion. Um, and, and just to make clear, I am, and this this may sound extreme, and I have my reasons for it. As someone who used to be pro-choice, um, but I am pro-life, one hundred percent, no exceptions. Um, and people like to throw in the guild, oh, What if they're raped? And what if incest? Those extremely, extremely rare situations that are unfortunate for that person, but it doesn't mean the child should die because of someone else's sin. And that's that's my stance on it. I've talked to I've talked to women who were born from rape. Um, I know two women uh, that I've had personal conversations with who were born from rape. I know um, a woman who was raped and had a child and she advocates for the children to not be aborted in these situations. She said that child is a blessing, despite what happened to me, the child is a blessing. And and for me, that's how I see it. I've become more and more principled on the matter that the child's life matters. Right, and so people like to throw in these, you know, kind of straw man situations, and um, and th- these things that aren't that that aren't even the norm. Um, you know, I, I I gave like an analogy for my wife the other day, kind of like you're like we need to um, we need to do these things to improve the roads, right? Um, and then someone's like. But what about the, the situation when the car falls off a cliff? And you're like, well, why are you bringing that? That's extremely rare. We're talking about fixing the road situation that affects a whole bunch of different things. Yeah, but those cars that fall off the cliff, we really need to look out for them. It's like, yeah, but no one's falling off. <laughs> like cars aren't falling off the cliff left and right every day. Like that's not majority of the car accidents. This is why we need to improve the road. Right? They keep harping on this rare and rare situation only to prove the point that they just don't want you to fix the road. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. Uh, And the left, the the old left that I used to be part of, was pro-choice, was hesitantly pro-choice. They said, listen, uh, we're not comfortable with it. We know what it is, but we're leaving it up to the mother to make that decision. That was basically, that was the mainstream political viewpoint And it has shifted to a woman's choice and becoming pro-abortion, which are two separate things to the point where, and this wasn't even rhetoric that I used to hear that it's a clump of cells. I, I, that wasn't like a, maybe that existed in some extreme position, but that wasn't a mainstream position. This idea that it's not a human, we never fucking thought that like that, that's insane. Like, we understood this is the early development of a human being. You know, some animals pop out a creature very early on, and it grows outside of it. Like, here, it's it's within, and it's within for a long period of time. So th- this, like, uh, to me, it's just amazing that they have to find a way to dehumanize in order to legitimize their argument. They know exactly what it is, and that's why you know, I've, I've seen um, debates, or not even really debates, but I've seen conversations where someone who is, who is um, pro-life just asks some basic questions, you know? So when does life start, mm. right? And then keep asking them questions and then keep asking them questions. And what happens is they can't make sense of what their argument is. Ultimately, it just comes down to they want to have the ability to kill their baby. That's, that's really what it's all about for, for these particular people. They want, it's not about body auto, autonomy and, and all this other nonsense or oppressing women. They know that's nonsense. Because, like you said uh, before, there are plenty of women who are pro life, who are anti abortion, who think this is wrong. But what happens is they make this a group issue, they make this a women's issue, and it's not. It's not a women's issue. This is about a baby's issue. This is about a child's issue. This is about life before uh, before um, before birth, right? This is about you know it. That's what it actually is. And so for me, the reason I take that hard position is because while let's say situations like rape are extremely traumatizing, and and really terrible to go through you know i can imagine i've never experienced that but i can imagine how it's terrible to go through i don't think punishing the son for the sins of the father makes any sense to me whatsoever so you know to think that people need to people need to have this extreme compassion for murder because that's ultimately what it comes down to they 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 say I want to have compassion for this person who experienced this trauma, but their compassion leads to death. And they don't don't put that together because they don't really care. Um, The pro-abortion movement is a female-led narcissist movement. That's really what it's about. They're about winning, they're about being right, they're about what they want to do, how they want to do. It's a female narcissist movement. For the pro-abortion movement, not the pro-choice movement. I I would have I would have way more respect, and I do have way more respect for the people who personally wouldn't do it, but understand that maybe there are some reasons that some people may do it. Mm. And and they want to sit in that position. And I even though my stance is on the opposite, I understand that position, but I don't understand the homicidal tendency kind of mindset. That the pro-abortion movement is on, I will never understand that. Um, I well, I I understand it actually, but I will never, I'll never legitimize it mm. as to being like a valid, a valid position to take. And neither should anybody who is a, a moderate Democrat, a moderate liberal, should accept that this movement has turned into a pro-abortion movement. Mm. When you have these these crazy people who are showing up. Uh, there's a picture that's going around a pregnant woman that says not a human on her stomach as she's pregnant. Like the mental gymnastics, the the level of insanity that has to exist. Because you, you have to imagine, like, I don't think people think of it like this. People don't just show up somewhere, right? That means you woke up one day, you put on your clothes, you exposed your belly, you, you looked in the mirror, you wrote on your belly... You consciously got on a car or train or bus or whatever to show up to an event, and you made all these decisions along the way. And at no point did you say, This is not a bad idea. (laughs) Like, that's how insane this is. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. It's, I think, I think the way you you defined things there um, to say that like the old left was like hesitantly, I think, hesitantly pro choice. And that's basically yeah. where it were. Like, my 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 opinion is 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 basically that like it's bodily autonomy, and and it's like I don't believe that the government should have the 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 right to legislate like in in that way at all. Like, I just I don't like the government doesn't have that. They can't tell me. In my mind, they shouldn't be able to tell me what drugs I can take. They shouldn't be allowed to tell me what. You know, what, what i do to my body like body generally and the only the, the thing the part that makes me hesitantly uncomfortable about this topic is is basically the point at which we consider yeah we consider whatever is in inside you to be like human and alive and i just i don't really know like where that point is like i i I, and I don't believe I'm the one to be like the moral arbiter of it, and it, it makes it very, very difficult. Because then, like people demonize like the 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 pro-life like movement, and it, it weirds me out. Because I'm like, do you not get like what their their point is? It's like they think that's a human. Like, is would you not expect them to 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 like vehemently back up that that things like that? baby or you know fetuses right to be alive like if they think and they believe like you do that that's that's a person (laughs) why why would you expect them to be fine with killing it you know (laughs) it's 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 like it's it's this weird thing that's like i've noticed this actually not just on the the abortion debate of late it's like nobody seems to get what the other side's argument is like, they just flat out don't understand it. Like, and it's not even, like, a vague misunderstanding. Like, I've seen two things this week. Like, one was this left-wing doctor woman, uh, Dr. Julia Patterson, who I've actually had on this show, Um, mm-hmm. who was talking about, like, the like she was like, oh, what even is the woke, uh, like, what is the, the woke agenda? Like, is it just people who, like, people complaining because they think people care too much? And I was like... You're on Twitter like every day, like ranting about people, and you don't understand what the other side's point is. Like, <laughs> I, and and there was another guy who was claiming that all basically was like equating all social conservatism to racism, and I was like, what? Like, how do you not? How do you not get like the other? Like, because I mean, I don't. I yeah. Like I said, I I find it like difficult to put myself where I'm at in this argument, and I like I feel like I'm yeah, like like hesitantly pro-choice but i understand what the pro-life argument is like, what what is wrong with people like d- does no one like take the time to understand like what their opponent's arguments are anymore
1: yeah you know it it always reminds me of uh i'm a big comedy fan louis ck uh i can't remember which stand-up it was but he's like don't you understand they think you're killing a baby <laughs> he's like he's like i get it like they think you're killing a baby that's why they're upset. Like, you don't yeah.
0: understand that? It, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, um, and I hope actually that, that maybe some people um listening have, have like heard your case and, and like maybe now understand, like you, they may not agree with you. Um, yeah. I, and yeah, like I, I don't think I completely agree with you, but like I respect your opinion because, you know, you, you're honest and, and open about why you think it, and it, it makes sense to me. Um, yeah. like it's not, it's not illogical. Um, but yeah. So I'm not then, trying to
1: control women's bodies. I, I know, I'm not trying to be a racist.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you're just, just saying, yeah. I think that's a human. And I mean, fair enough, man. Like I, I can't, I can't tell you, <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell you you're wrong. As I've said, like, I don't know, I'm not the one who should be the arbiter of this. So mm-hmm. then, um, we've had this ruling from, uh, the Supreme court and then, um, which was kind of already expected given that leak that happened. But yeah. then the reaction to this has been, um, I've been watching your Twitter feed, man, and anyone listening, go check out Adam's Twitter right now, because like, it's amazing. Um, so would you like to like explain what the reactions that you've seen and you've been documenting in, in, in the piece you're, you're kind of writing?
1: Sure. So, so basically what I started noticing um, There, there were six uh, six judges who basically um, gave their—I don't want to say vote—but basically helped to overturn it. Um, And so, like I said, I always understand why people are upset. Like, I understand if someone's pro-choice why they feel the way they do and being upset about Roe v. Wade, right? I think some of them forget that this can be a legislative thing if they really want it to be. And that's ultimately what they're saying. So I think some people just truly don't understand. They think abortion has been banned outright or something like that. Um, And it hasn't been. But what has been interesting to me has been how all, let's say 95% of the the negativity has been directed at uh, Justice Thomas, Justice Clarence Thomas. Justice Clarence Thomas is the only Black uh, man on the Supreme Court, and he was the obviously the only Black man who voted uh, or who said that it should be overturned with his reasons, right? Now, mind you, Justice Alito was the one who penned the opinion as to why, right? Alito's not really getting any anything. Kavanaugh's not getting... Even Amy Cohn Bryant mm-hmm. is barely receiving any criticisms. What's been happening is all of it has been put on Clarence Thomas, which is interesting. And so it it should be interesting to other people, but it's not interesting to me because I know why. It's very obvious. And it's one of those things that I've been trying to explain to people about progressives Uh, because this, this has been coming from the progressives, not even really the typical moderate liberal they may not like Justice Thomas, right? And and I tried to make the point, this isn't about Clarence Thomas, right? I get if someone doesn't like him for whatever reason, I'm cool with that. Like you don't have to like everybody. I understand someone who who isn't conservative, who doesn't like him. That's not what this is about. What this is about is you cross a line when you start using racial epithets towards him because he did something that you don't like. Or because he believes something you don't believe, or because he behaves in a way that you don't find acceptable. When you start attacking him for having a white wife, when you start calling him an Uncle Tom, or when you start calling him uh, the N word, I don't know if I can say it or not here, but Go when you it. start calling him the, uh, when you, when you start calling him a, a, a nigger, like, yeah, I, I'm allowed to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but when you start calling him that because he did something that you didn't like, Um, to me, that shows me who you actually are. That shows me that you are the person that I've always thought you were. And so from, from my perspective, I've been seeing this for, I've been really honing in on it for about the past year where it's just plain as day who these people are, but I've been seeing it beforehand and I've been dissecting it and dissecting it and I've had these opportunities to write for publications to point out how the behavior of progressives and how they see things. Um, and what people don't also don't understand is that um, I've listened to progressive media. I understand how progressives think, right? And I've also consumed, uh, you know, some of the Marxist progressive viewpoints and stuff like that. So this is not coming from, they're on the opposite end of me and I just don't like them. I'm coming from a place where I'm listening, for, I'm listening to them say one thing and advocate for the opposite. I'm listening to them say, um, for example, I care about Black lives, but I want to defund the police in some of the most dangerous areas that are majority Black. How does that, how does that work? I want to have bail reform and make it easier for criminals to get out while I'm also wearing a BLM shirt saying that I care about Black lives. How does that exactly work? How does, And so what ends up happening is I feel like sometimes I have to break things down for people to see what I'm talking about, not in a paranoid way, but just in a way that other people aren't breaking down for you. They're not explaining it in a good way. They're not communicating it properly in some cases. But what is special about this moment and why my Twitter feed has been looking the way it has been looking basically since uh, this past Friday or just past the the ruling Mm -hmm. is because this is one of those rare opportunities where they're showing exactly who they are. They are a bunch of racists. They're hateful people. They're classes, And because they're classes, they don't like anybody who doesn't belong into their group of whatever. And they look down upon people, right? So they look And it's very easy if you're a classist and a a hateful person to look down upon black people. Right? So yeah, you might think that they're unfortunate, that they're ignorant. They don't know what to do, but they, you know, I'll help them. They need my help. Right. And that's where the savior complex comes in. And so for me, I wanted to take full advantage of the veil being lifted. I want to take full advantage of all these people showing exactly who they are. When uncle Clarence goes trending on Twitter, I think at one point it was like 25,000 tweets of uncle Clarence. Yeah.
0: I'm just scrolling that, through these uncle Clarence ones that you're like on the, on the screen here for people watching. Um, yeah. It's absolutely unbelievable. Like, I, I mean, yeah. but like, sorry, just to play like devil's advocate here in, in, in like a very big way. It's just that uh, uh, it's funny that the left who would be, if there was like anything vaguely approaching what they would consider to be racism, even if it was like implicit unbeknownst to like you, you know, it's, it's, you know, accidental quiet racism that you don't even realize until you've taken one of those like bias tests Um, or like even just like words that signal that you're in the wrong camp, like ideologically or use the wrong term. That's not quite politically correct is like, it's immediately like, Oh, well, you must be racist. And, and, and then they're happy to like, use this, this term, which like actually for, for me and for people listening, like I kind of think I understand where this term comes from, but like, could, could you explain for people as well? Like where, what, what, what's, what is like an, an uncle Tom?
1: Sure. So it comes from, um, a book called uncle tom's cabin it, um, it's basically about um slaves and in and the master's house and, and all this but basically the reason they call him uncle tom is making reference to this book because uh one of the slaves basically turns on the rest of the slaves so he's he's painted as a traitor right the way that people use uncle tom for one uncle tom the character and the and the book is not the traitor. It's actually a, uh, a guy called Sambo. So they have the wrong person, but let's just give it the benefit of the doubt. They're just referring to the book, mm-hmm. right? Um, the problem is that what they're, what they're indicating is that he's a racial traitor and they're calling a Clarence Thomas, a racial traitor. And that is something that I have a problem with. Um, I've had a problem with it for a long time. This is something that actually Black people use against other Black people, right? When they think that you're doing something that is not authentically Black, that's something that is deviating from what's, whoever it is uh, thinks that is Black, they will call you an Uncle Tom, uh, amongst other things. Uncle Tom, Coon, uh, some, some may even call you Sambo um, pick me, meaning they, you know, you want to be picked by white people, you, you name it, they will call you that. And it's something that has existed for, um, whether it be moderately right, conservative, whatever you want to say, it doesn't even have to be political. It could be, it could be social. It could be that, um, I have a white girlfriend, right. Then that could precede something else to call you that. Um, it could be I speak a certain way. It could be I dress a certain way. It, what, whatever it may be, it's down to whoever is calling you whatever they think, right? Um, but it's something that has existed within uh, the black community um, that no one really talks about because no one really cares. You know, because whoever is getting uh, labeled that they're the minority of a minority. No one really cares. But in politics, it's also been implemented amongst Black people within politics. They will label this person a coon. I've been called a coon by, by someone who's Black, right? So they'll, they'll do this stuff and I'm well aware of it. I know, but I wrote about it in my book. I'm prepared for it. I really don't care what people call me. I've, I stopped caring about that stuff years ago. But the thing about it is I recognize how, one, how racist that is and two, how unfair it is. And so I wanted to use this opportunity to point out how unfair it is and how racist it is. Now, I kind of purposely only talk about white progressives only because they're the ones who are leading the progressive movement within America. You know, obviously, Black Americans are 13% of the population. It's a very, very small population of Black Americans that are actually progressives or who come anywhere near this. They exist, for sure. They they for sure exist, especially in academia, they exist. But my, my sight is on the, the white progressives because they're the ones who have been chastising Americans for the past two years about how righteous they are and how everybody needs to check themselves and do the work and check their biases. Right. But the moment a black man does something that they don't like, immediately they go straight to the racial epithets. And and someone, this, uh, this one guy on Twitter uh, that I've seen before, he's like, well, uh, I don't think, I don't think this was racial. And my question would be, did they call Brett Kavanaugh, uncle Brett? Why do they call Clarence Thomas Uncle Thomas? Stop being fucking disingenuous. You know exactly what they're doing. The, the progressives will, like you said before, in two seconds, they will say, that's a dog whistle. To, to that's the, the, most that's innocuous the term I was thing. looking
0: for. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They'll, they'll say that in the most innocuous thing. In plain sight, they say he's an Uncle Tom. I've heard them say Clarence Thomas is a nigger. And I wrote in the article, uh, you referenced it before. I I wrote an article for the New York Post where I listened to a Twitter spaces discussion where there's multiple black people who are on the panel, like, so they can speak. That means they can unmute themselves, they can talk. And a white guy gets on there and is so upset. He gets to a point and he says, Clarence Thomas is a nigger, and continues and no one jumps in and says anything. That is the problem. That's the problem, that these progressives are so unprincipled, they're so political, even the Black ones. And, I, and I, I I, became really frustrated also with Samuel L. Jackson, calling him Uncle Clarence. And, and, so, and I was saying that when Black people do this shit, it gives white progressives license to do it as well. And you, and when they do it, you don't say anything. So they keep doing it. So, and, and, and I've, I've, uh, I had a screenshot of someone and I, when I saw it, I was like, exactly. They said when, when, uh, Samuel L. Jackson called him uncle Clarence, it made me love this motherfucker even more. And I was like, I don't know what more proof do I need to have that they love this shit. They love it when Black people come out here and call other Black people demeaning names. And that's because they are racists and they are professional projectionists. Everything that they claim that other people are doing, they are doing themselves. I just, uh, though, I was just telling you before how now they're trying to go after this woman who's of uh, Latin descent. Mm-hmm. Uh, because she won as a Republican, now they want to call her uh, Tio Thomas, right? They want to call her an aunt, aunt, uh, an aunt Tom. You know, basically the same, the same ire to it. And this one woman, uh, I just posted up, said, uh, "Why don't you go back to your country? Isn't that what Republicans say?" that is projection <laughs> like no republican has ever said that on a public stage in a public forum. go back to your country that's not even a thing but this woman is projecting onto republicans that is that is ultimately what i'm talking about these people are racist and they try to convince everybody to behave like racist so they can save society in some magical way and nothing gets my blood boiling these days more than progressives because they are the biggest hypocrites they're extremely detrimental to our society and they're raging narcissist asshole races yeah so there you go yeah it, it
0: i will say actually trump said something pretty much that he was like mexico were sending like drug dealers and like criminals and like the yeah basically we need to keep them all out because they're all awful so I, I was kind of approaching that but that was like the most extreme example of it and yeah i don't yeah i don't think um i think trump's views on immigration are representative of most people i would say i think he's probably a, a little bit more extreme on that but then even then but, even yeah. then i know what you're going to say that it's not he wasn't yeah. like sending trying to send people home he was saying that we shouldn't allow people to illegally cross the border into the country
1: um well actually just to add to it one of the things when when i really examine and this is not making excuses for trump i hate when i'm put in positions to like defend trump i know that's not what i'm trying to do but trump is a terrible communicator right he's a great motivator he is a terrible communicator and and so i understand what what happens is you you end up learning trumpies right you understand (laughs) what he's trying to say like like the whole thing where they were saying he was telling people to put Clorox bleach in his, in themselves to get rid of COVID. That's not what he was saying. Like he was he was fumbling through a transition. He was like, "Wow, that's so great! Well, so wonderful! Well, we got to find a way to to you know see how we can put that in." Like he was he was trying to keep the crowd amped up by saying like. You know, he's the riffing, opening like, act was he's, great. He's riffing. Right? He's just,
0: he's riffing. just, riffing. just riffing. He's a bullshit artist. Like, <laughs> that's
1: that's right. what it is. He's just bullshitting. He's just bullshitting. And then people are like, he wants this to put it. I was like, no, you know, that's not what he was saying. Like, stop it. Hmm. So it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Anytime anytime you tr- you try to talk about um, national policy and, um, especially when you're talking about policy affecting other countries they will weaponize that country's ethnicity mm. so we can't we can't ever talk about uh, cartels bringing shit into our country we can um, i don't know if you saw but they just found a trailer full of 46 dead people it yes what? uh i believe Where? in texas i, can't I believe it in, in texas this just came out i think last night Why is that happening? Because there's an entire industry of human trafficking that exists. So when Trump says they're bringing their worst people into our country, he's not exaggerating. That woman that I was talking about, the Hispanic woman lives on the border. Like these are her husband's part of border control. Like they understand what is happening down there. This is not a race thing. Because most of the people that live down there are of Mex- Mexican descent, they're Hispanics. Like, they understand what's going on here and no one is doing anything about it. And when you're critical of the Mexican border or the Mexican situation, they want to call you racist. And that's not what's happening. Yeah. Yep. 46, yeah, yeah in Texas. Yeah,
0: yeah, just sharing it with you now. Like, it's wild, isn't it? That's absolutely insane. And people, yeah. yeah. And, and I had... This is this is what I got like a bit mad at, at the other day um, when I was uh, I mentioned earlier. that There's like the guy who doesn't understand like social conservatism because like he was talking about how how you know you might want not want like uh, completely open borders. Now was just like you know having wanting some level of control of th- your international border. is not a racist concept. Like that's the con- <laughs> like that is- <laughs> no, but that's what it gets made out to be. And it's like, yeah. it's like no man. Like, it's really awful that these people. Like, because then, because it, when when it becomes, when you get this level of like illegal immigration, then people people die. Like, and and I don't really know how you solve that problem because like there's always going to be people who are attempting to cross borders illegally to claim asylum. Um, like we're like Britain's dealing dealing with it at the minute where. Um, there's a lot yeah. of refugees coming from the Middle East, parts of Africa, um, Ukraine. I would assume now as well, actually. Although they, I think they've got it a bit easier than people trying to cross the Med, but mm-hmm. they they they're in in search of like a, a better life. Like fair play to them. I mean, I I'm not sure I would have the, the 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 balls to get into dinghies and and try and cross the channel, let alone the Med. But they're trying to cross the, mm-hmm. the English Channel, um, and then yeah, once they're on. British soil, then they can, can claim asylum basically. Um, and I don't really know what you do. Uh, People are going to try this. And, and uh, what it, what, yeah, all it does is, is it funds crime and, and yeah, human trafficking. And and it's, it's such an awful situation, but just saying, no, anyone can come in like, just like, let's have no border control whatsoever. Is the most bonkers and stupid thing I've ever heard. And apparently that is is racist. Um I don't know, man. Like that just seems like you want yeah. some kind of border control? Like no one thinks that the passport checks when you land in a new country is racist. Like, do they? <laughs> I mean maybe. But like but seriously, because that's that's immigration control, like checking your fucking right. passport. <laughs> but anyway. And you
1: know what? Can I, if I yeah. could add a little bit yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, for, your, for your listeners who may not be aware of this, the southern border has turned into an entire industry of itself. Um, uh, there have been many situations, and people think it's crazy when you say this, but there have been many situations where people who are not from Central America and not from Mexico who are crossing the border illegally, there are Haitians who have crossed the border legally? Now, think to yourself, where is Haiti? (laughs) Haiti's in the Caribbean. How are Haitians making their way to Mexico to cross our border? How about this? How about people from India? There are Indian people who have attempted to cross the border and have crossed the southern border. Why? Because there's an entire industry of human trafficking into our country. Some of those people are told that they're going to make their way into the country by coyotes and they end up in sex trafficking, which is a different thing. Some of them have children who wind up in sex trafficking as well and spread throughout this country. So those people who are in those trailers that let's say if they lived and made it to whatever destination, we have no idea where those people were going. We don't know if they were going to be used in a way that is of a slavery sense, Because now they're illegally in a country. Are they going to go to the police and get deported? Right. So they don't like people don't understand how having the bad border turns into all different types of uh, exploitation of human beings. Who I don't. I don't. I've met people who are illegal into this country. Like I, I get why they're here. Like there's no there's no confusing. A confusion about it i get it i get if you're in a country where they're threatening you to join the gang or they'll kill your family i get why you're leaving however certain countries for one can't take everybody from every country and we can't solve the problems of other other countries problems it is a harsh reality that we have to accept in america as wonderful as people think it is and as much money people think we have here It's not sustainable the way that it's going. And and I think that that people are weaponizing empathy Mm. to continue to have this catastrophe at the Southern border. And just because you hate Trump and Trump says something doesn't mean that he's wrong, right? He may be saying it in a crappy way, but he's right. They are bringing rapists. They are bringing criminals across the border. They are paying coyotes to come through. They're also trafficking people. It, let me tell you. Also, one of them. I'm, I'm ranting a little bit, but the the the. Um, I think it was the last debate. It was either the last debate or second to last debate between Trump and Biden. Trump had mentioned that there's coyotes coming through, and Twitter, <laughs> progressive Twitter, said Trump is so stupid. What coyotes? He doesn't know anything. And they were like putting pictures of coyotes. They have zero idea what a fucking coyote is, yet they're so egotistical and so elitist and high-minded that once people realize that this is, what, this is their response, they have zero idea as to what's going on, yet they have so many opinions about the southern border. They don't even have the vaguest clue as to what is really happening down there. The southern border isn't being overrun by a bunch of Mexicans, right? There might be some Mexicans who are coming through, but it's people from Guatemala, El Salvador, Brazil, Haiti, and and even from parts of uh, Europe. Like everybody is coming through, India, Pakistan, right? People who have wealth, who can fly from Pakistan and India all the way to the southern border and pay coyotes, pay traffickers. Right. This is an entire industry that people don't realize. And you were saying, I, you know, what can you do in England? I don't know exactly what you can do other than saying, Hey, we see you on the dinghy, get on our boat, uh, our boat, we'll send you right back to France. You deal with this shit EU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, but like this, I wanted to ask you this. Cause like this, because this is, this is the part of the immigration question that I, I often don't really know how to, how to answer. It's like in in the case of the UK with like Syria or Iraq or um, Afghanistan, and then Mm -hmm. um, in the case of America with with like the yeah the southern border um, and a lot of those uh, central and South American states, the UK or America has played like a really really huge role in destabilizing these countries um like either deliberately or just by function of not giving a fuck like Mm -hmm. it's um it's it's and and i almost feel like a sense of moral responsibility to say yeah we're gonna we're gonna accept that that this was the cost of our really poor actions and that it, it it's up to us to kind of like look after the people who are fleeing our bombs or or fleeing the despotic regimes that we put in place or unleashed like what do you make of of that argument
1: so my thing is this you didn't do anything the english people didn't do anything the government did and what ends up happening is that the people pay for the destructive behavior of the government i rail all the time i'm anti-war we should have been out of Afghanistan a long time ago. Probably shouldn't even have ever gone in, but we should have been out of Afghanistan a long time ago. But what happens is there's so much interest in quote unquote nation building, uh, finding resources, controlling resources, all these things that we don't really have to do. Like we really don't, but there's so many, there's so many um, high level interests from within the government in private industry that is funded by the government to do these things. So should the people pay for the sins of the government is the real question. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, so for me, I, that is a, is a an interesting way to look at it, but it's like, for me, I, I, it's difficult at a point to separate the two because like, is, is a nation the government? Is a nation the country? Is a nation the people? is it the land and and i kind of feel like all of those issues get in 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 many senses like all have to be viewed as like one entity it's like especially when it's such recent history i understand that case more so like mm-hmm. the further you would go backwards um in in time the more i i get i take your i would take your point to be to be yeah right but it's it's like when we're talking about like we, as, so for example, right, in, in 2000, um, oh, I'll forget the fucking time now when Theresa May was prime minister of the UK, <laughs> uh, there was, yeah. um, a, a bunch of alleged chemical attacks by, um, by Assad on his own people. And it turns out basically that it seems that they didn't happen. However, yeah. said chemical attacks were used as justification for, um, the bombing of, of Syria. Um, they stamped it through immediately, no debate in Parliament, which was technically illegal, given that there was no evidence that it actually took place. But that had been the mainstream narrative, and they decided to retaliate. And then the British people, we accepted that from our government. We said, okay, we didn't even vote the party out in the next election, they won again. And in my mind, that is like essentially complicity in saying we're fine with your foreign policy it's not it's like it's okay like you're doing enough other good things that we're fine with your foreign policy and therefore i feel like we should have to deal with the consequences of our foreign policy do do you know what i mean
1: no i i i I completely understand where you're coming from and so let's say let's say i take your position then the next question is where's the limit Mm -hmm. You know, do you take everybody from Afghanistan? Do you take everybody from Syria? Is it right for you to set some sort of limitations? Right. So,
0: yeah, I I mean, limitations, I I get like, I mean, we weren't the only ones, A, being fine with it and being complicit in it, like many, many, like you could probably like say all of NATO has their hands in in many of these wars, Um, most of the Western world. uh, So, so I, I take your point about like, I'm not sure Britain should take sole responsibility. But I mean, right. it pisses me off when I see people like you know, taking like what, like 10,000 or 50,000 refugees. It seems like if we sorted out our asylum system and housed them, they could either become productive members of society here if they would like to build a new life or um, they can go back to Syria if we just stop the war. But we don't. So for me, it's like a. I don't think we should take all the people, but I don't think we should take none.
1: So, and here's the other thing that might be taboo to say, but how many of them are actual refugees? You know, because let's say, for example, you know, I, I live in New Jersey um, and let's say craziness is happening in Texas and I want to leave the country because the UK has better opportunities for me. Is it right for me to claim asylum? because of what's happening in Texas, but I wasn't actually involved, right? I'm just leaving because economics is getting worse and I want a better life. And I could just say that, well, the United States, because Texas is part of the United States, the United States um, is experiencing turmoil and I want to claim to be a refugee. And so those those are the issues that we have to discuss because at what point is it, Economic, or what point is it danger? And I think I think maybe so. In the very beginning, from uh, years ago, when, when that first influx of immigrants were coming through, you can make an argument that a number of them were coming from Syria to flee the war. But when you're talking about, you know, I don't even know how many years later, um, and people are coming through, you have to kind of ask yourself. Is this actually the case? Are they actual refugees? Are, you know and some of them aren't? And you should also ask yourself, how come if these are refugees who are fleeing from danger, how come it's only men? <laughs> you know, where did all the families go?
0: Well, I mean, I guess isn't like isn't the general plan the man will go ahead and do the dangerous like crossing and the family will follow once he's set up? Basically, and like it's somewhere that right. they can bring the family. Like I, as far as I were, that that's like generally what what the idea is. I mean, I, well, let me, to the same let me, to the same like your your point about about like yeah. who are actual refugees is like there's definitely like a, a case to be made there, but I just don't know what the numbers are. In in if I'm honest. Yeah.
1: Well, let me let me answer that because you just said, all right, the men go ahead and the family stays behind until they're able to settle in. Right. So what you're telling me is that the man left the family in a vulnerable position, a vulnerable position. Or he's an economic migrant. He's looking to set up. And then when he can, he can bring them and he's able to send money back and forth or families help to take care of them in the meantime, which is normal for immigration. Like stuff like that happens here. We have people from the Caribbean. I know people from Jamaica they, they came to the United States. The father started a couple of years later, he was able to bring his family here. That's normal stuff. So when, when I see nothing but men, and you're telling me that you're escaping danger, it can't all be that they're all just single men and just never had sex ever in their life. And none of them have any children. Like something about that doesn't seem right. It seems like they are economic migrants. Not actual refugees, and so these are these are things that are even harder to answer because how do you check this? If you're the UK government, how do you actually check this? Do you do you contact Syria and see like, hey, uh this guy, who's a has a name of a lot of people, is very common. He says he's from this place. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He doesn't have a passport. I don't know how I can fa-. like. Actually, the uh, true story. I know um, someone who works in Germany who does stuff with education mm-hmm. and they have uh, people from other countries that come there who claim to be refugees and, and from, uh, she's like, it is so difficult to verify who they are. And like, I can't verify their, their education history. I can't verify anything in, in a lot of countries. Americans. Yes. Very easy. I can, I can verify stuff all the time but when they're coming from Afghanistan in Syria and they're claiming to be somebody, how do I even check, right? How do I even know? That's, that's the dangerous part when it comes to all this stuff. You essentially have invisible people in your country and you don't know if what they're saying is true. I know there are situations where people claim to be from Syria and they're not, you know, so it, it's, it's, a, it's a cluster, but it becomes even more of a cluster When I don't know, Angela Merkel says, come on down. (laughs) And then you just start coming all through all of a sudden, just like that. So, Mm. and Italy was like, sure, have at it. Take them all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Italians are a little more. (laughs) Yeah, let's not go there. (laughs) But, um, yeah. To, we've got kind of sidetracked here. So yeah, I want to, I want to go back to just yeah. finish off talking a little bit about, about like the reaction to, to this, um, that you, and you've personally had as well to like how you've reacted to this and it's just, yeah, it completely blows my mind that people can be so racist just like (laughs) let's just say how can they be that racist and not realize it like because and and this this confuses me about parts of the left man because like they're meant to be about compassion and 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 caring and and like you know not not like giving a fuck what someone's like class creed or or color is like that's that's the 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 bit that like is meant to be the beautiful part of the left and like technically like m- the developed world is that we're not meant to care about these things and yet as soon as 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 they don't get their way it just turns into this like vitriolic like they they become everything they claim to hate like like that like yeah like how do people how do people how do more people not like see this. Because I have been watching it more and more. And like you you said, you've sort of been noticing this over the past year. And like, so have I, man, just people just being other fucking hypocrites and, and not like <laughs> actually having like a moral, like any sort of principles whatsoever. Right. So the question I want to ask is that like my best friend um, frequently argues with me that this is because... They have no um, objective worldview. They don't have like a basis. Like they're they're yeah they don't have the, the foundational principles of of say Christianity or that they don't have like a a set worldview and they don't have think that yeah they don't have a, a sense of right or wrong and that that it's something lacking in in that like in in a much higher order thing like w- what do you make of that that case?
1: Yeah, so that's because they're extremely ideological. You know, in uh, almost by the nature of their title, they're progressives. So they're constantly changing, which means that they have no solid foundation. Um, One minute, it could be this way. And then all of a sudden, no, we need to do this. And for the people who are like, oh, I thought we were doing this, like, catch up, bigot. Like, (laughs) we're doing this now. And then all of a sudden, they have to start doing this. Like, there is no, there is no foundation to question how they're moving about in society, right? To question between what's moral and what's immoral, and this doesn't mean that someone has to be a Christian to have moral foundation. But what I will say is that um, you know we are a, a, Judeo-Christian, a Judeo-Christian like society. Mm. A lot of our laws and things of that are based around these values. So when you have people coming and saying, we need to discard these institutions, we need to discard these things, uh, for what reason? And they don't have a valid reason. They just say, because it's wrong, because it's racist, or whatever reason. Um, Like, they they just don't have a foundation. That's why, like, what's interesting about progressives and and, uh, especially, like, the cultural Marxists is that they have no culture right? They're hijackers of culture. They, they infiltrate a uh, institution and corrupt it, hijack it and rebrand it into the way they want it to be. Like that's generally how it works. So that's why our movies suck that, you know, we have, (laughs) we have no edge in our movies anymore. Um, You know, it's all soft corners, padded rooms, just there's nothing about it that's worthwhile. It's all messaging, virtue signaling, nonsense, progressive nonsense. And the thing the, the thing that's crazy about it is that there aren't that many of them, right? They're not the majority of our society, thank God. But the, the problem is that they've infiltrated very influential areas, especially media. Um, And and they, you know, they've infiltrated all these different places for the purpose of changing society. And yeah, I don't I don't I think that most people see beyond it. I think most people see it. The the hurdle for them is that they're they're afraid. Right? They're scared. And that's like that's been my whole thing. The reason I feel comfortable calling out progressives because I'm not scared of them. What am I gonna, I'm gonna be scared of anime avatar guy who says you're a coon behind the screen. Okay, I told, someone called me a coon once and I was like, all right, thanks for reaching out. I love you. I'm, I'm gonna go back to cooning around over here. Like, I really don't care. Like you think I respect your opinion? So, you know, it's it's people are afraid and they see situations where people get canceled and then that that keeps them scared. Mm. It's like it's like uh, like the mafia makes an example of somebody, and then everybody gets in line. You know that's why we call it the alphabet mafia. You know <laughs> because they do the same type of thing. They find one person, make an example out of them, and makes everybody else scared, and they're they're afraid to say something. Um, so it's the same kind of concept, but people see through it. They're just afraid to say it. Um, and I remember the '60s. I think it was the '60s for the culture, or the '60s to '70s with the cultural re- cultural revolution. Yeah, it was the same kind of thing with all these Marxists. Basically, there are are Marxists too. All these Marxists pop up, and all of a sudden, we need to fight the power. Uh, it was actually worse. It was more violent back then. Mm. Now we have a bunch of pampered Marxists um, who you know who claim revolution. Uh, but you know, if they see blood for two seconds, they'll fucking scream. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> the, the, but, the prosecco Leninists.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah, we we gotta overthrow the system. Mm. They're like, yeah, as you're sipping your Starbucks coffee on your MacBook, like. <laughs> <laughs> so we have we have, thankfully, we have fake, uh, fake liberation people, uh, fake Marxists. Yeah. Um, but I think ultimately what I'm what I'm getting at is that most people see beyond it. The problem is just that the progressives are are in influential positions, and they're affecting everybody else. They're dictating what everybody does in school curriculum, within government, uh, you name it, entertainment. Everybody has to sip on this progressive bullshit, and. I feel like, and this is not me patting myself on the back because I'm not really that type of person, but I feel like the reason why people are responding to my New York Post article the way that they are is because I'm like the first one to call them out properly.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah, quite possibly. Because, I mean, you're in a unique unique enough position to do it. Like this, Like the... <laughs> I don't know. I'd say that there's probably a lot like because didn't, didn't didn't the Republican Party get the highest percentage ever of the of the black vote under Trump? Um, yeah, I think, well, yeah. since
1: like since uh, like Reagan or something. Okay, like that. right. Yeah, since Reagan. A long time.
0: Okay. Um. So then, it it kind of suggests to me that like people are rejecting this thing. Like they're not just it's that people aren't just like siding with something because of the race or or less so perhaps than it had been for a little while. Which is positive yeah. to me, and I think you're probably right about about people um, seeing through it because, like, it's it's it, when whenever I sit here and talk about things like this, like it makes me sound like I I love the system and I think it's wonderful. And I'm like no, right? There are corrupt cunts who have ruined it, and I would love us to all band together and just decide that we're gonna like take these institutions that worked so beautifully in for for parts of the 20th century. Like obviously there was like more institutional racism that there was like sexism like yep just people be getting there was barriers that that perhaps don't exist in people's minds they're like i don't i don't i don't think that there's that many people who who really care about someone's like identity as 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 such like they they if they're a good person i think most people are like yeah sweet that they're, there's they're nice like even like even the concert the conservatives like i was just i was trying to think of some some people that would like theoretically shouldn't be accepted by you know the republican party or the conservatives in in america I was like thinking like like caitlin jenner uh, like blair blair white um like douglas mm-hmm. murray um peter teal like yeah these two gay guys then there's two trans people that i spoke about two trans women like these are not like, if you believe that all the Republicans and conservatives are 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 awful, like, haters of anyone that's not, like, a straight white male, then, like, how mm-hmm. the fuck are these people so popular? <laughs> it's, especially amongst the right. Like, it, it it blows me away that people genuinely think that, that there's that kind of divide. But I think you're right. It's probably the minority and we are moving beyond it. But anyway, man, um, I got to run yeah. here but it's been um, it's been a great chat like great great to have you back on the show Always, always really interesting man and uh, yeah do you want to like point people towards your Twitter and, and um, the article and stuff and like I'll link it in the description if it is it up yet Yeah yeah, yeah. up. yeah yeah then then I'll link it in the description for people. Um, so yeah do you want sure. to plug yourself a little?
1: Sure um, so people can follow me on Twitter at wrong underscore speak uh, you can also go to wrongspeak.net uh, for different articles that are being published. Um, you know, I'm on Facebook and, uh, and Instagram as well, but I'm mostly active on Twitter these days. So definitely follow me. Um, and you can read my articles on New York post, just search my name, New York post. Uh, I think I've written 10, 10 of them so far, but I've been very fortunate to have, uh, different publications like, um, Newsweek and the Federalist and, human events to you know give me the opportunity to express myself. So it's been it's been great. And I'm just trying to do everything possible to not just push back, not just like be rhetorical and push back against well, culture or anything like that. I'm trying to be very specific. I'm trying to explain to people why this is bad, why this is illogical. And right now I'm trying to explain to people why they're racist. These we have essentially racists who are in control of our culture right now, and they're pretending not to be. It's a veil, but we, we're using this moment to show exactly who they are, and that's why I keep saying it. Well,
0: that's a great note on which to end. So yeah, thanks very much, man. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for making it all the way to the end of the podcast. If you want to leave us a comment, that would be awesome. Please like, share, subscribe, and if you're listening on Apple, please leave us a review. Until next time, thanks for listening.